This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The smell of various foods mingled in the air above the fair of past and future. Vendors hawked new products, extra comfortable sofas, new washing rollers, a rolling pin that unrolled for easy storage. All the advances of a new and glorious age. Life would be so simple. You'd only need two or three full-time servants. Along Confectioner's Row, Smiling women and men handed out free samples of chocolates, trifles, truffles, hamburgers, cheese, fried cheese, all the fat and sugary delights one could expect. The pavilions of nations treated visitors to a taste of foreign lands. Duke Rock von Vinderland told stories of the color wars as he painted portraits. His sacra blue was lost, but he was still a charming storyteller. Slavs on Ice was crowd favorite, as various Eastern Europeans skated and jumped and spoke in their ridiculous languages, which caused the crowds to laugh and cheer. If one were to walk down the thoroughfare of industry, they'd arrive at the Great Rotary of Tomorrow and place there the large sugar rock that contained Angus, Eugene, and Hawthorne. Flowers were placed around it, and messages of thanks were tucked into the sugar crystal cracks. It was truly a triumphal celebration. And most triumphant of all was Cato Beach. His plan to fatten and lazify the population of the world was coming true. He strutted the grounds in a burgundy suit and jaunty hat. He felt almost fashionable as he stopped to admire all that he had built. He listened to the vendors sling their products as he walked. Valentine's meat juice, the cure for what ails you. Get your meat juice, Valentine's meat juice, that with every purchase of our Red Hots, you'll get this month's edition of our... Buddha! Forgo your rudimentary religion, venerating a man on a stick! Find the one true way! Kami, hello. Oh, Kato! Kato, this little village pageant is quite the soiree. Have you heard of the Buddha? <laughs> Have a pamphlet. Oh, thank you, Kami. I'm sorry your painting demonstration had to be canceled. Getting robbed was a thrill! Truly the capstone to my time in America. You are quite industrious building this. There must be some Japanese blood in you somewhere. Yeah, but perhaps, perhaps. Have you thought more about the Order of the Trigon? Uh, well, they are definitely interesting. Yes, but I don't have time for a secret society. I like to fix people's mistakes loudly and in front of a crowd. Pop 
public shaming and forcing civilization. May I poke you with my research stick one last time? Ah, you may. Does this mean you are heading home? Actually, I had so much fun studying and civilizing you all that I'm going next to California. They are even worse out there. Then next maybe Canada, America's hut. There are so many lesser societies to study and colonize. It's hard work, but maybe one day white people can actually be good. Eh, probably not. Uh, excuse me. I must continue my victory lap. We must speak soon about the Trigon. Arigato. Arigato gozaimasu. Kame, though, never would civilize the Americans. She tried bringing culture and etiquette, but it never stuck. Well, it almost did during a brief stop in Nebraska, but then the U.S. 7th Cavalry came and arrested everyone, probably due to excessive poking. But that was the future, and this was the present. Well, the present of the fair of past and future. Anyway, Cato walked over to Innovation Station and stopped to watch the demonstration. Ladies and gentlemen, the future is now. I have here a miracle product. This is bigger than the discovery of the wild man of Borneo. It's table polish. Tired of your table's lackluster finish? It's time to turn your end table into a beginning table. The beginning table of the rest of your life. Let me get my rag and hey, start Beach. the match. Mr. Beach, Mr. Beach. Hush. I'm trying to see this table polish. That nightstand he has is so filthy he'll never get it clean. But sir, we are running low on hamburger sandwiches. The demand is too great. Well, just grind more beef. There is no more beef. Then get some cows and grind them up. Cows. Got it. Perfect. And there you have it. Oh, I missed the polishing. Oh, well, I cannot stay mad on a day like today. Hmm. Grease on chins, hands sticky with caramel. Oh, people just drinking all the soda. <laughs> it's all such a, hmm, a dream come true. Cato, old buddy, old pal. It's Asa Candler from Atlanta. I have that nerve tonic. Remember, you promised to buy it from me. I made no such arrangement. <laughs> Please, I'm dying here. Uh, excuse me. I'm, I'm from Atlanta. Do you know how hard it is for me to be nice to one of you people? Look at me. I'm being so nice. Here, have a toffee. And this new creation. A jawbreaker. Tarnation, but it's good candy. Cato muscled past Aza Candler and down the Piazza del Corsets, and then turned left into Sock City, the area where various sock merchants showed off the latest designs. Perusing a rather fine cable-knit pair was Governor Roosevelt. Oh, yes. Nice stretch on these fellows. But I have sharp toenails. Will they resist my knife-like tootsies? Hmm. Oh, Cato, how are you? Ah, Governor. Good to see you. Did you see me cut that ribbon? I got the biggest scissors I could find. <laughs> oh, and you pasted a large drawing of yourself onto them. Bully! Is Mr. Flavors here? I was hoping to meet him. I've never had the chance. He's slipperier than a greased eel. And I should know I'm a champion eel roper at the Aquatic Rodeo. Well, sadly, he is married to his work. And even during these days of celebration and sugar, <laughs> he is locked away procuring more chocolate. Hmm. The demand is quite extreme. Indeed. I've seen Duke Roque van Vindelen eat seven boxes himself. Oh, and your idea of eating contests has been a success. Look around. 
people are gorging themselves. If there's one idea I have, it's having ideas. But you must excuse me. I need to visit the penitentiary. I have to re-ink my pens. They've gone bone dry signing autographs. Huh. The people are demanding my John Hancock. Oh, are they? Of course. I'm always forcing my signature on people, and they are always enjoying it. I'm quite popular. Oh, indeed you are. Indeed you are. Bully! Off to re-ink! Roosevelt hurried over to the penitentiary, which was a pen and ink dispensary that was staffed completely by prisoners from Sing Sing. They were forced to assemble and re-ink pens for the public as part of their punishment. Roosevelt wanted to get his pens refilled as fast as possible, because he had to be at a surprise event shortly and didn't want to miss his cue. Cato, though, smiled to himself and bought the finest navy blue socks the fair had to offer. Feet. Prepare to be spoiled. Cato then headed to the rhombus of Prohalgress, the great cubic wonder at the very heart of the fair. Samples of the finest decadent foods were automatically dropped into patrons' hands via pneumatic tubes. From the private upper viewing area, Cato looked down at all the delighted faces. They seemed to be fattening up before his eyes, but he also delighted in their genuine joy. He let his mind wander a bit as he stared at the great bubbling soda fountain in the center. Families dipped their cups into the pools and drank deeply of the carbonated sugar water. Oh, if only there was more I could do. I fear that this is too little too late. That even in their laziness, men will still want to reap and destroy the world. Having fun gloating? I'm not gloating, I'm more lamenting. It's a... Whoa, 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 wait. Eugene? In the fresh. Flesh. The phrase is in the flesh. Ew. No, that's disgusting. It's in the fresh it's because it's a new it's fresh adventure. Fresh. But <laughs> you're both dead. Is this some sort of ghostly vision that personifies my guilt? No, this is no Banquo situation. You faked your deaths? Is Hawthorne here as well? Oh, no. He's dead in that sugar mound. Oh, and I guess you are here to expose me. Well, in retrospection, I have been sloppy, if not a bit arrogant, in my planning. I couldn't help but put my signature to the work. Onesimus Corporation, named for the Roman slave who became a saint and bishop, patron saint of servants and slaves who, once freed, dared to change the world, and then was tortured to death via eating too many honeycombs, according to some arcane sources. It was hubris, to name it that, and an obvious giveaway. Give a what? Uh, we aren't Catholic. So. Neither am I, but you pick up the basics. Even a mewling toddler knows all the saints and their feast days and their turn-ons and turn-offs. I do know some of that. Such as that St. Clement did not like getting tied to an anchor and being thrown into the sea, but did like long walks that didn't involve being tied to an anchor and thrown into the sea. Yes, precisely. Right. Let's say we're all smart and not probe further in that direction. But if not through ecclesiastical clues, how did you come to expose it me? It all happened when we met that actress. I remembered her from the curious case of the walking shark. Then I remembered she was also part of a small acting troupe that performed in Tompkins Park. Mostly it was a cover for prostitution, but they also some nights got through the play before all the audience was taken care of. Wait, how do you know about that? Mm, not important. What is, is that they would do Shakespeare. And in particular, a certain play, Coriolanus. And I thought, Shakespeare, fake spear. And that triggered a memory while I was on Hogback of you telling me the whole plot. Huh. Oh, and how did that happen exactly? 
I don't follow. Who knows? The brain is a bunch of mind gunk. Probably random chance. Of course. The only thing one cannot plan for. The roll of the dice. But, but how did you survive the molasses factory explosion? That is simple. <laughs> no, not simple. Long and slightly confusing, but go with us here. Oh, do tell. I am all ears. Oh, ew. Sorry, I just imagined that. That would be... Oh, you'd be... Oh, even the insides? All ears from rooter to tutor? Ew. I need to sit. Whew. All ears. Ooh. Ooh, man. You know the phrase, but then you really think about it That's and... That's not what that... Oh, bless your heart, Eugene. You sit there and stew on that horrible visual while I finish telling the tale. On the train ride back, we started to come up with a plan to defeat you. The first surprise was Hawthorne at the station. We thought about letting him in on our plan, but he had his own plan. Also, I didn't want to involve him because he's terrible. Verum. So we went with Hawthorne but still carried out our plan. The farmer's market. Right, but we didn't reveal all of it. You see, we didn't buy a bundle of sticks at the farmer's market, like we said. We bought scarecrows, and we put them in big sacks to hide them. Anyway, when he double-crossed us, we were ready. Uh, so you knew he was a double agent? No, no, that was a surprise. But once we were tied up, we knew we had a chance. We've been tied up many many times. In fact, I had a little saw in my artificial hand to help cut us out. We just needed a distraction. So we asked Hawthorne to pontificate, which he did. And while he was speechifying, we cut through the ropes. His eyes were closed because he was singing the Star Spangled Banner and said he could only sing with his eyes shut. So we were able to remove the ropes then. But we were afraid he'd see we'd escaped. So we took out our scarecrows and dressed them up as us. But not the underclothes. We're not vulgar. Right. I mean, yeah. Right. We dressed the scarecrows in our clothes, put the ropes on them, and then escaped to the catwalk in our undergarments while he was saying terrible things about Chief Geronimo. So the scarecrows were purchased for this purpose, but you didn't know about Hawthorne's betrayal? I'll get to that. So, from the catwalk, we saw Hawthorne still going on about how great he was and how dumb everyone else is. But that's also when we made a little slip-up. Ugh, I'd bought a bottle from a bottle man in Pennsylvania, and when leaning over the catwalk to get a better look, it fell out of my pocket and hit the pressure regulator, causing it to malfunction. And in my rush to help grab the bottle, my prosthetic hand fell as it was loose from all that sawing. The gauge started spinning wildly. Hawthorne, in a panic, ran to push past the scarecrows and escape, but the molasses was too fast. So, your little hunk is just his dead body and two scarecrows. So joke's on you. Uh, what joke? The joke of... Uh, uh, nothing. Never mind. But do mind this. The molasses ripped the building apart, but we were able to hold on to the catwalk, which was flung to a nearby building. The Sleepwell Pillow Refinery. A soft landing. Except for the catwalk, which did land on us, but only caused superficial wounds. Also, those pillows aren't as soft as advertised. And also, also, full of bedbugs. Bitey bedbugs. So we were infested with bedbugs. Still are. But safe. But we didn't know who else to trust. Who else could you have bought off? But we knew one true blue hero. Governor Roosevelt. We went to him, and he hit us, until we could figure out the perfect plan. So while you were putting the finishing touches on the fair, we went to work creating a disinformation campaign promoting travel and exercise. Seeing the world, just 
discounts on cruises, funding health spas to counteract your sugary plan. You didn't count on self-esteem, self-worth being tied into images. Ladies are very susceptible. So I wrote to all the women's magazines saying men don't like fat girls. And if they aren't thin, they're worthless. That's terrible. Terribly helpful. No, that's just terrible. Bad, Eugene. Bad, Eugene. I agree with Angus. That's terrible. It's just a few articles. I'm sure women wouldn't obsess about their weight and appearance. Though maybe they should. I mean... Is it so hard to look nice? Uh, we'll discuss this later, but in short, we foiled your plan. Yes, but uh, the scarecrows, uh, why, how? Ah, right, um, well, our original plan was to protest the fair and to hold up signs like bad food, bad man, well, wittier than that. That's just a placeholder. I mean, trust me, we had some good ones. Right, Eugene? Yeah, I know. Uh, um, but we were afraid we couldn't mobilize a protest group. So we thought maybe we would protest, but also get scarecrows to pat out our numbers. So we went to the farmer's market because we thought they were selling farming supplies, but it was mostly things sold by farmers, not to farmers, which looking back makes more sense. So we're trying to find scarecrows. This one guy had them as decoration, but only two. So we bought them and we're hoping to buy more later, but then the whole explosion and there you go. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> your plan was, uh, <laughs> but uh, mm, you didn't plan anything. You got lucky. You don't have skill and talent. You were just you. Do you know how much I had to invest in this? Every detail, every permit, every company, the funds I had to raise by myself, mind you, the, the, the wheeling and dealing. I studied crop rotation importation laws. I put together a multinational corporation, a cadre of like-minded individuals and investors. I created a whole organized network of crime and syndicates. But I also discovered and patented 17 advanced sugar and cocoa processing techniques. Well, 18 if you count the one, never mind. And you both just bumbled. (laughs) Bumbled your way to victory. Oh. It's not fair. It's not fair. Ain't not fair of past and future more like it. Nice entrance line, Governor. I was waiting for it. I wasn't sure he'd say it, but I was back there hoping. And then bam, sometimes it all works out. I even had time to refill my pen and oops. Ah, You squirted ink all over me like some japing squid, you jackanate. That's what I call a blot to remember. (laughs) 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 That's that's not funny. That's not some adventure-ending bon mot. But besides, what are you going to do? Arrest me? For what? For caring too much? For trying to save the world? What crime have I really committed? You murdered several business owners. Oh, right. That. And you also misfiled your permit for the fair. You put avenue instead of street. And that's airtight, my friend. Uh, paperwork is the bailiwick of scum and thieves. It's criminal the amount of bureaucracy one must jump through. Tell it to the prison walls. It's truly a shame that you are not a better representation of your race. Uh-huh. 
Just because I'm a criminal doesn't have anything to do with my race. Besides that, I have been systematically and systemically shut out of prosperity and opportunities due to dubious science and naked and veiled racism that has pushed me into creating a complicated web of deceit and vice in an attempt to right the wrongs of this world. Exactly. Some people are just born bad. <clears throat> That's not... Mm. It's <laughs> fine. Take me to prison. What is started can't be undone with a few travel vouchers and fad diets. The genie cannot be put back into the bottle. Several police officers took Cato to the paddy wagon. Roosevelt smiled and talked with Eugene and Angus. But on the ground floor area of the rhombus of progress, Aza Candler, the Atlanta-based nerve tonic owner, was looking at the soda fountain. All that was very strange. Criminal this and that. But that means this sugar water isn't owned by anyone. Let me give it a taste. Mmm, that's nice. Much better than my current recipe. I could ditch the cocaine and go with sugar. Yes, this could change everything for my company. This could put Coca-Cola on the map. All thanks to evil. Yes, Coca-Cola is an evil company. But then again, so are all corporations. No one should buy anything, ever. So, that happened. As Aza Candler made the first new Coke, before the later, terrible new Coke, Roosevelt, Eugene, and Angus walked out into the sunshine. It seemed like everything was wrapped up nicely. But yet, there's still one more chapter to this tale. The Landwell Murders is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan A. Goldberg with music by Matt Roy Berger. It was directed by James Oliva and mixed by Martin D. Fowler. Editing help by Hannah Fairchild. Visit landwellpod.com for all your Landwell needs. Why not pick up a t-shirt at our merch store? Capitalism! Hooray? Why am I so sad all the time? Why do I feel so empty? Eh, it's probably nothing. Anyway, get a shirt or a sticker or a mug. Yay! Remember, stay planty and always leaf toward a shrub. Bully! Oh, Roosevelt, you absolute nut. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.